Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Jeffrey Halstead, DMD. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canadago's hometown dentist for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. Visit them online at canadagodentistry.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Today we are kicking off our series, Spotlighting Local Elections. I'm Josh Durso for FingerLakesOne.com, and over the next 45 days, we will talk with dozens of candidates running for office across the region. It is, of course, a local election year, which means there are dozens of contested races, and our goal is to feature candidates from as many of those races as possible right here on FingerLakesOne.com. A quick note before we begin, we've reached out to Republican, Democrat, and conservative party leaders across the region with an open invite for any candidate interested in talking about their campaigns ahead of election day. If you're hearing this or my voice for the first time, there's still an opportunity to get on the schedule. Connect with us via email. It's news at fingerlakes1.com. Today, though, we begin with Kyle Brim. Kyle currently sits on Geneva City Council and is running for a new term representing Ward 6. Kyle, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to start. How would you describe your time thus far on uh, city council? With it being a little over a year at this point, it, I would say it's really been quite a learning experience. Um, just kind of seeing how city government truthfully fully functions, kind of where city council has its place, where the city manager has its place. It's been really interesting. What were and the... I, I'm curious, what were your expectations coming in? I, I wonder how it differed from what you expected coming in to what you really started to see once you were in it, working it on a weekly basis. Well, I mean, kind of my thoughts coming into it is I thought there would be a little bit more freedom as far as what council would be able to do and say. Um, I mean, my my thoughts were pretty much that council was the decision makers, which technically we are. Um, but it's really more so generated by kind of what every, the previous councils have done, um, kind of looking at some of our different, uh, consultants and what they're making recommendations on for certain topics. Um, some of our department heads make their recommendations. So it's really kind of having to listen to a magnitude of different people to make those decisions instead of it being, you know, the group of nine of us just kind of saying, hey, we want to focus today on, say, recreation and just kind of go out and take care of that. Gotcha. Um, so let's start with uh, some of the items that you uh, mentioned as campaign priorities uh, ahead of our conversation here. Infrastructure. Uh, when you think about infrastructure in the city of Geneva, what stands out to you as maybe the biggest priority or what should be the biggest priority over the next three to four years? Honestly, I'm sure you know at this point, we've had a horrible season with flooding. Um, big, biggest thing there is kind of taking a look at what our current infrastructure looks like, developing some type of comprehensive maintenance replacement plan, and really just getting ahead of it. We're, we're in times right now where it seems like a lot of the development that has been occurring hasn't necessarily been hitting the mark with water retention and we're kind of starting to see that um so my biggest thoughts would be working with our dpw 
uh, working with some of our engineers and making sure that we're staying on top of that. We, we can't continue to have areas that even when I was a kid didn't flood that are now getting two, three feet plus of water. I mean, Castle Creek coming over and pretty much going right through town. That's going to split the city in half, depending on how drastic that actually goes. Um, so really, I just want to develop a plan to get ahead of it, make sure everything's mitigated, make sure we're working with state, federal partners with any of the funding there that they can provide and really just kind of make sure we're take, putting our residents first and as far as mitigating any flooding, but then also making sure that, you know, we're able to grow. Yeah. Uh, development. I'm assuming you're referring to economic development and obviously every community that's a focus. Um, you just mentioned that perhaps maybe not the right perfect safeguards over the last 20 or so years have been put into place to protect on the environmental side so that basements aren't flooding, homes aren't getting flooded out every time it rains um, when development is happening. I'm curious um, what mm. you see uh, as a good plan for the city of Geneva moving forward to prioritize economic development. So there is a growing tax base and all that for city residents to, to be able to bank on. Yeah. I mean, Right, right now, as far as development goes, we definitely need to get in on some, bring in some new industry. I would, as much as I would love to say we need to do housing, housing's not going to necessarily help our tax base right now. With the colleges taking such a large portion, well, not even just the colleges, but the non-for-profits taking such a large portion off the tax rolls, housing's, housing is going to be key because we do need to be able to house our residents and help our homeless everybody but we need to bring in some new development bring in jobs really kind of get those couple of businesses that are going to be able to provide us with the funding to actually be able to lower taxes i know it's right now it's one of those things that it's not going to be an overnight it's not even going to be a two or three year thing because most industry takes several years to actually get the building blocks in place like we could look at micron they're still fighting through all the red tape there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely want to entice our developers to come here, whether it's residential, uh, multi-unit, whatever the case might be. We just, we need to do something to bring some development here. Yeah. And, and you mentioned housing and obviously the county is uh, obviously is just wrapped up essentially uh, the housing study. We've got the draft version of it online, long report, big, long report. Um, I think the assumption is that all of the elected officials and elected bodies in the county are going to have to play uh, equal part in this whole uh, process moving forward. What role would you like to see city council play when it comes to this housing conversation that happens at the county level? I mean, I'll be truthful with you. I have not finished reading the whole study yet. It's been uh it is a very long document. The the few conversations that I've had around it, I mean, I would love to see council try to get some development in. Um, we've got plenty. Oh, I'm not going to say we have plenty of land, but we do have some land available, whether that's the OEO site, um, the Lachlan, Lo Lachlan Road site. Um, there's a small section on Gates Ave that's open, uh, Middle Street Corridor just to name a couple where we do still have some land available. Um, I don't necessarily want to look at the lakefront because we've seen kind of 
the debacle that Canandaigua turned into. And now since their most recent fire with three-year-old apartments, not necessarily sure we want to go down that road either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to that end, I'm kind of curious. You mentioned Lakefront. Um, that's always been kind of a, a constant debate that rebubbles or resurfaces uh, every so often. Uh, what do you think should or should not be done with what lakefront property Geneva has now, or how should it be prioritized in terms of what council is doing moving forward? I mean, I would have to see for me to even consider doing anything on the lakefront. I would have to see like a full plan that would really bring some type of financial incentive to the city that would benefit the taxpayers. Now, with that being said, you know, I'm not, necessarily saying yeah we'll go ahead and do it if it's feasible but i would have to say that there's going to have to be a major benefit to the city before i would even consider that because it's all we have we have our little i think it's about a three mile stretch there and right now having the green space is fantastic it gives us the opportunity for multiple events um you know i go down there chase my dog chase my kid plenty of other people do yeah so it's kind of that right now it's the perfect multi-use spot. So I don't necessarily want to see that go away. Now with the Marina coming in, maybe we could do something small to kind of help with that and kind of make that a little bit more lucrative in the long run. Um, but again, we'd have to kind of see what the plan is because I don't necessarily want to lose the beautiful lakefront that we do have. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that because it, whenever we're talking about Seneca Lake, whenever we're talking about that property, um, that whole span of property, we're talking about tourism and we're talking about um, the role tourism plays in our economy. And I'm curious, you mentioned earlier uh, that really Geneva probably needs a couple bigger industry type businesses to come plant itself or themselves uh, in Geneva to help the tax base. I'm curious. Um, do you see any concern with how the entire region is just going full bore toward tourism and everything else is kind of taking a back seat? I mean, I get it. We've got hundreds of wineries across the entire area. Obviously, that kind of be, unfortunately becomes kind of seasonal just because of the winters. Would, would I love to see that be something that we could figure, try to figure out and make it thrive during the winter? Absolutely. I don't want to necessarily say, you know, we need an Amazon or, you know, anything too crazy. But at the same time, we do need something that's going to generate funds for us year round, something that will be able to actually say, OK, your building's worth, you know, say six, seven million dollars and actually be able to tax it appropriately versus some of the. I mean, we do have a, all the different pilots going on right now, which some of them fantastic because they are kind of on not the non for profits working through that. Um, but I would kind of like to see some of the other ones that are actually taxable, potentially moving away from pilots and actually getting back on the books at full price. All right, let's uh, talk about some of these other uh, priorities that you've mentioned uh, in your campaign. Uh, recreation, <laughs> what would you like to see uh, from a recreation standpoint, either that the city is doing and do more of or that the city isn't doing uh, to do in the future if elected? I mean, I said it last year and I'll say it again. Um, 
from from looking at what the budget was comparatively to when I was a kid, recreation's gone down about five hundred thousand dollars a year. That's very limiting. I don't want to tie our rec departments and our parks departments' hands there. There's a lot of maintenance and upkeep that unfortunately hasn't been getting done because of the shortfall in funds. Um, I looked at inflation wise just to kind of see where the that would be if we were to have kept the rec department where it was. It should be about one point two million. We're about three hundred and fifty thousand, give or take. So it's it's very disheartening to see that, you know, we're kind of letting the loan thing that we offer go by the wayside for the kids, for honestly everybody, because I know as a kid I spent probably eighty five percent of my time at the rink, at playgrounds, uh doing the myriad of summer programs that the rec department offered, whether it was the summer camp, um there even used to be a a read a read and rebound program that was always well attended that the library hosted. Um, I just want to start seeing some of those things come back that way, you know, we're giving the kids options during the summer. (laughs) We're giving adults an option of, Hey, you know, this looks kind of cool. Let me take the family down and go, you know, read some books by the lake and then have the kids go play basketball after type of thing, or even the summer camp. I mean, I haven't really been involved with that since uh, I was actually one of the counselors for a few years there. So I'm not entirely sure if that still entails all the different field trips that they used to include or not. But I remember taking the kids to, you know, Letchworth State Park, Seabreeze, Roseland, just kind of getting them out and really exploring the area. Yeah. Um, First responders. Uh Obviously, it's a challenge across the region, across the state, pretty much everywhere to find first responders, especially when we're talking about volunteers. Obviously, the city doesn't rely completely on volunteer uh, forces, but uh, when it comes to first responders, what would you like to see the city do uh, to at least help bolster those numbers moving forward? Because it seems to be the thing that's on the front of mind of everyone who is a first responder is just how few of them there actually are. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the big thing is I know from that morale is low across the country right now. Um, my biggest thing is kind of just repairing that relationship with the community, kind of getting overall support back in favor for them. Um, I, I would even like to go as far as to, you know, I know our fire department right now is working on uh, expanding their EMS so if we can, you know, potentially look at getting them a, a a car for first responding in that aspect for some medical calls to kind of help with that. So they're not necessarily having to take a fire truck, um, even ex- potentially expanding, you know, the PD to include some actual mental health would be fantastic. I know that's kind of the big the big topic right now is what can we do for mental health through our police and fire departments? So I would definitely like to try to expand on that, whether that's, you know, bringing in people specific for that and or expanding training for our current staff and future staff, really. Yeah. Um, Policing has kind of been a, a lightning rod for city council over the last several years. Looking forward, do you think city council, does it feel like city council now is in a better place 
um, to deal with the various issues that uh, are coming up or will come up with policing uh, moving forward, whether it be retention, uh, finding staff, whether it be public safety concerns or, or anything in between? You know, it, it's definitely hard to say. I would like to think that we would be able to, but you really never know. It's, I feel like that's going to always be a case by case basis. I know I will always be a pro first responder, whether that's police, fire, EMS, whatever the case might be. Um, so I know I'm going to be work any of those situations. I'm going to work with, uh, either chief Prada, chief Colton yeah. and kind of get their feedback before we really do anything. Cause you know, we have to rely on the people who do the job daily to be able to tell us what to do. I know I'm not a first responder in any way, shape or form. So I'm not going to necessarily make a decision without their input that could drastically impact them negatively. Yeah. Um, to that end, the one, probably the most common question when we started uh, soliciting four uh, questions related to candidates running for Geneva City Council all had to do with how effective City Council can be moving forward. It seems to be the number one thing uh, on voters' minds is how effective can City Council be moving forward when I pose that question to you, uh, for folks who maybe have watched what city council has looked like and how it has interacted over the last, say, four to five years, what do you say to those folks who have concerns about it being effective moving forward and what you will contribute to making sure that it at least functions uh, in a sensible way uh, in the future? I mean, my biggest things would be get to know your candidates. Don't necessarily vote party line. Um, I mean coming on the Republican ticket, we're bringing a full bipartisan slate this year. We've got four Democrats, registered Democrats running on the Republican ticket. Um, the, the biggest thing you can do to help yourself is just get actually get to know your candidates and kind of make sure that you're making the best choice possible. Um, kind of, <clears throat> I, I mean, for myself personally, I've, only been on a year, but I pretty much would say that if you look back at my voting record across the last year, it's been bipartisan because I'm really looking forward to doing what's best for the city. I mean, my grandparents grew up here. My mother grew up here. Um, the last 30 plus years, my father's been here and I've been a lifelong Geneva. So, I mean, having seen where we were and even where we've come to at this point, it's it's definitely been an improvement and I would like to keep that forward progress. All right, Kyle, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for taking it today. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks.